Hypocrisy's the best part I say Wish for change but lazily Hey everybody, you know who this is. It's your boy Trav and welcome to season five of HV Pucks. Uh, We're going to kick off uh, this season in style by bringing on somebody uh, whose name is legendary when it comes to high school hockey. Uh, Sit back, relax and enjoy as I chat with Ed Witz of the Pelham Pelicans. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is your boy Trav and I am pleased to be joined by Ed Witz. Ed is a longtime friend of mine and a longtime friend of the show. This is season five, so he's been on five times for interviews, and he's called in a couple of times from the road, too. So I think this makes it like seven or eight times, Ed. How's it going? Excellent. Excellent. Good to hear your voice. Glad you're back on, and, you know, glad we're able to talk about hockey. Absolutely. So let's jump right into it. Can you describe Pelham Hockey? in three words or less? I would have to say families because we're, you know, it's a small town and we're all connected and, you know, I'm coaching, I'm coaching uh, sons of, of, of dads that I, that I coached before. Mm-hmm. So I'd say family, family would be one. Um, Pride, because the hockey program and the youth hockey program, and we're all together and, you know, we all support each other. So a lot of pride. And I guess, I guess the third thing would be, you know, just community, Mm -hmm. you know, the involvement. I mean, when, you know, we get good crowds at our games, people are excited about the teams, people walking around. And, you know, the younger kids come to the game and it's, it's just a great place to coach. I mean, I mean, really, I, I really lucked out getting the, you know, getting an opportunity to coach here. I mean, really, I mean, I, I do, wouldn't change it. For the, I wouldn't change it for the world. I do have to tell you, I mean, I know firsthand from being at the Hutch, from being at all your games, being in the in the, the booth with the guys. I see it firsthand. It's a great community, tremendous support, you know. And as far as on the ice, what I see, I mean, I see puck possession, I see speed, I see skill, um, I see a lot of discipline. So, and, you know, and I see somebody who clearly cares about his kids and cares about the program. Um, I'm going to have some of the players on later on after you, Ed, but who are some of the players to watch on your squad? Well, we've got, um, like, it looks like our first line, I mean, we're starting Wednesday against Rye, right? So. Looks like our first line is going to be Henry Smith, uh, Ben Rosenberg, and Louis Marcelino. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, those those guys those guys are really really highly skilled, good offensive players and defensive players as well. And then our our next unit that we're going to put out there is going to be senior Jack Doherty. He's a good solid defensive center, and he's going to center Luke Green, who's a big kid. Yeah, really had a great year last year, along with. Jordan Hurd, who's Ben Hurd's younger brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then 
the next unit is going to be senior captain Mikey Mazzaro. Mm-hmm. His two brothers, Russell and Thomas, were on the state championship team, so yep. he's got a lot of uh, pedigree with them. And then it looks like it could be Lenny Esposito and uh, and probably Scampoli or might be one of the younger guys, might be Griff Evans or or uh, or Will Crotty, a couple of young guys that we brought up. And then on defense, pretty strong. We got uh, Miles DeFrisco, captain, senior, uh, a lot of experience. And then you got um, Angostini, uh, the solid two-way defenseman, does a lot of things well. Uh, then you got Eric Elberry, who I think might be one of the best defensemen in the section mm-hmm. uh, because he's big, strong. He do a lot of things really good offensively and good defensively. And then we have Reed Finster, who's you know first-year player, and he's big and he's strong, solid player. We also got some other guys filling in uh, that come up from the JV, and uh, you know I think we're I think we're pretty solid um, back there in goal. You know, we got we got two guys that we have, Christopher Poles returning, and um, and Nikki Sanella, who's a, a freshman. Uh, Rapol's a starter, and uh, you know we'll see how it goes. I have to say, you know, and a lot of the names that you just mentioned are names I'm familiar with from calling your games, but. The nice thing uh, about your squad is it sounds like it's a young team that can, you know, hopefully grow together and learn together and uh, continue to develop together. Um, and I, I kind of know the answer to this, Ed, but I want to get your thoughts, of course. What makes the Ice Hutch such a tough rink for the visiting team to uh, to play in? You know, um, I just think it's like, you know, anytime you go into an, uh, an environment where there's going to be a crowd, you know, where their support is going to be there. You know, it kind of gets your angst up a little bit. I don't care who you are. I mean, it's going to affect you. I mean, we go into Rye and to Playland and, you know, it, it, they pack it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and we go to Sopford and they pack it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people, I, I think, I think teams at times avoid games with, with Sopford especially because, Nobody wants to go in there. I mean, we, it never bothered us. We right. used to open up with Suffern. We used to open up with Suffern every year. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, we opened up with them opening night the year we won the state championship. They beat us two to one, and we didn't lose the game the rest of the year. But right. you know, I, me, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's a great experience either way. But I think sometimes the visiting team, you know, it, it, it can get a little, you can get a little angst and a little stressed, you know. Um, but I think that's part of the learning process. And mm-hmm. I think if you can play under those conditions, I think when the, you know, when you're playing in that big game in the state finals, you can handle it better because you've been there and done that. So it's a good experience either way. I know. And I know that's a big part of your philosophy. Obviously we're not able to do the traveling this year. No one's able to do it, but I know that's one of the big reasons why you take your kids, you know, up to Messina and skinny Atlas and other, other tournaments and areas like that. So when it comes time, for the big game, for the, you know, regional games and for the state, you know, championships, your kids aren't rattled. I think that's great. Well, let me tell you, my experience, in my experience, again, this is strictly my opinion. I believe that a lot of these games are won and lost in your head. I mean, I really believe that. I think if you're, if, if you're unable to play with the stress and anxiety that goes along with a tight game, 
then you, you're probably not going to, you're probably going to struggle. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I try to get our kids and, and it probably hurts us with our seating. I, I very rarely play. I try to play the best competition we can find. And I try to hope to get into as many close one goal games as I can, mm-hmm. because I think that when your team is constantly glancing up at the scoreboard and they're playing under the conditions of being down one, up one, or tied, mm-hmm. where they realize, where they realize that if they make a mistake, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna put them in, a, it's gonna put them behind, you know. And I think if if you can put your kids in enough of those situations where they're used to it, where it doesn't bother them, where it doesn't affect them as much, you know, just like anything else, you know, it it, it, it becomes. It becomes like it's not that big of a deal anymore. And then you get into these state championship games and these playoff games where you realize, hey, if, if we don't pull this out in the third period, our season's over. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to be you guys are going to be prepared for because they've been there, done that. So I try to I, I tell our kids, listen, if you you have to teach yourself, or I'm going to make you learn to play with the stress and anxiety that goes along with being in a zero zero game for like a period and a half, or be being a one goal game for three periods, you know, it's not easy and, and it works on you just like anything else. And I think we, what I try to do is I try to put them in that spot as many times as I possibly can, because the more times they're there, the more comfortable they get and then they can perform. It doesn't phase them after a while. And I think that's a, that, that was, a, you know, that's a key thing, you know, and I do have to say Pelham's reputation uh, precedes it, it, itself because when it comes to that fabulous 21, Ed, I know you tell me you have a waiting list for teams that want to come down. And when you talk about playing top talent, I mean, that is a who's who for New York State high school hockey that you're able to uh, orchestrate year after year. Um, you touched on this in one of your previous answers, but I'd just like to you to elaborate on a little bit more. What's it like to coach in that community in, in Pelham? it's it's um it's it's really good there's a lot of support obviously it's mm-hmm. a small town mm-hmm. um the school is super supportive the youth hockey super supportive and um you know the families are supportive i mean you know everybody's there and you know everybody's involved in it and you know it's just i mean the classic the classic thing was when, when we did win the state championship in 17 I mean, we had a parade, you know, the mayor said, oh, we're going to give you guys a parade. I couldn't believe how many people came to that thing. Hmm. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, so many well-wishers. And even even when we were playing in the finals, there's a restaurant, local restaurant called Rockwell's sure. in Pelham. And you couldn't get into that place. He had the game on. I guess he had the uh, feed from uh, Warner, mm-hmm. whatever, whoever had a time Warner or whatever. And... He had people. He had he could he had the place so packed. He had people standing outside watching through the window. I couldn't believe it when people were telling me. I was like, "Yeah, right." And sure enough, I got a, you know somebody sent me a video of it. Yeah. And the place was mobbed. People were waiting there all day. I mean, it's it's really unique. It's really unique. And I'm again, I'm blessed. I really am blessed that I'm able to coach here. I'm I am. And I'm, I'm grateful and thankful. It's definitely a a great town. Like I said, you know, I know firsthand from working your games, you get the crowds, you get the community support. And uh, you mentioned 2017. That was like the highlight of my, that's one of the highlights of 
my career kind of doing this podcast was being able to celebrate with your kids and with you up there in Buffalo. Um, that's something amazing. I'll certainly always remember. Absolutely. It was amazing. Um, what are your thoughts, Ed, on the league alignments for 2021? I mean, we spoke before I started recording that. I mean, I certainly didn't think we'd be able to pull this off in terms of having a season. And I know, you know, the state and the Department of Health and NISPA and everybody else, Section 1, came together. What are your thoughts on these alignments? Well, I mean, under the circumstances, you know, like me, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a big, uh, you know, I'm not a big, big entitlement guy. Like, whatever they give us, they give us, and I'm more than thrilled. And I realize why they set it up this way, mm-hmm. because, you know, they want to keep it, you know, keep the travel to a minimum, keep it locals, keep it safe, and try to get, hopefully, as many games as we can. And I, I tell you, the guy who... The guy who really gets a lot of credit, aside from the athletic directors and every and all the administrators that got together to pull this off, Dean Barardo, who is our section chairman, yep. uh, the athletic director of Brewster High School, he put the schedule together for all the teams. Hmm. And it's like a three-week season or packaged into a three- to four-week season. Right. Um, we, and what a job he did. I mean, really. I mean, what a job he did. And don't forget, the ice rink thing, not everybody has a football field. Like, if football, the field is there. With rinks, everybody's in a different place. Nobody yeah. has a rink on campus. Right. So what happens is he has to get times from every school and every rink, and he's got to talk to 500 different people and who can play here and who can play there. It had to be what a, a, an insane task, but he did a great job, and he got everybody – you know, eight games, and then they would told us, you know, if you want, you go out and get your extra four, which most of the guys did. Mm-hmm. You know, I picked up suffering because I, I picked up suffering because we always have to play them. I sure. mean, it, it's always important for us to play them, and it, and he wanted to play us, so it worked out. But you know, he did a great job of getting everybody eight games, and you know, regardless of who you're playing, it's just you know, just good to play. Yeah, Dean's a fantastic guy. He invited me, as you know, to the the coaches' meetings, and he and I hung out. Uh, up in Buffalo at the uh, you know the state championship. So again, it's great that he's kind of the face for Section One hockey at that level. Um, and and again, I know it's a unique year, Ed. But can you describe the overall state of hockey in Section One? In your opinion, I know you've been at this for a long time and have seen uh, you know the skill and the progress and the development and growth of the game. Well, we've got you know we've got a lot of guys that have been very very successful. You know that have come through. We've got a couple of guys you know, at NHL level, and we've got guys in college that are doing really well. And I think it's coming along uh, really, really well. And don't forget, I mean, our section has won a couple of state championships. You know, the Marinix won, Suffren's won, we've won. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's uh, you've, you've gotten Scarsdale's going up there a few times in the, in the state finals. Um, you know, uh, John Jay certainly mm-hmm. uh, got into the finals a couple of times. Rye, Rye, Rye was on their way last year. If, if the things didn't get shut down, I think I had a really good shot last year. I had a really good club. So, I mean, I think we're, there used to be a time, geez, maybe 30 years ago, where, you know, none of the teams down here except maybe Suffern and Rye could go up there and play with those upstate teams. And now we got a lot of teams that can compete. Yeah. So it's, it's just coming around. I mean, it's really coming around. And teams are coming down here looking to play us. We, it never was that way. We would have to go there. That was, 
He's the only time he could play those guys. Right now, they're, they're down here all the time. I, I mean, you know, I have them down here all the time. So yeah. it's been it's been good. It's been really good. Yeah, no, I agree, and and I think it's great that you're able to to get the top teams and the top talent because, like you were saying, I never played the game, but I know in high school, you know, when the teams when the teams from upstate would come down, it'd, it'd be a really big deal. And again, I think sec- oh yeah, section one can certainly hang with the best of them. Um, Without a doubt, as a coach, Ed. What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced, especially during this pandemic? Now, now that the kids are on the ice and we're getting everybody back together, what are some of the challenges that you're uh, facing, if any? Well, I mean, you know, it's all about safety and protocol, and we want to make sure that, you know, we're following exactly the direction from Section 1, our school district, our board of ed, and, you know, you know, and they're taking their cue from the Department of Health. And, right you know, the state and the governor, and that's kind of just staying on top of everything. And most of it is, most of it is like, you know, just due diligence, like keeping track of attendance, who's here, who's not here, mm-hmm. um, who's, you know, who's, you know, who's like for the games, you have to list everybody who's coming into the building, no fans, they don't want to, no spectators. And they just, you got to list everybody's name, who's coming and, you know, your coach's names and all that. So I, I think that's probably the biggest thing. The easy part is putting the kids on the ice and practicing and working and playing. You know, that's the easy part. The other part is the mostly administrative. Got it. Um, can you describe how it felt when the players hit the ice for the first time this season, that first practice, that, that first tryout, that first lap around the ice? Yeah, it was great. Um, we were, you know, of course, as a head coach, I have to do, you know, have to make sure the administrative po- part of the paperwork is done. So I was scrambling around with forms, making sure that everybody who was there, you know, was eligible to be there and had enough, you know, had all this paperwork in and all this and all that and back and forth with our athletic director, Mr. Hodge, who's new this year, is doing a great job. I mean, he had us out there as soon as we possibly could be eligible. We were eligible and we got out there and we, you know, it was was great to just walk over towards the bench and see the guys out there warming up. It was awesome see the coaches out there and the kids, you know, the kids were really excited. And so it's, it's good to get back into it. It really is. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, kids have sacrificed so much. I mean, we all have given up with these so much, but the kids really have sacrificed it. So it's a, it's nice to get a sense of normalcy back and, you know, especially again for your seniors to be able to lace them up and, and, you know, get a few games in with their buddies is certainly something they'll all remember. Now I read somewhere, Ed, that you've been doing this 36 years and, uh, What's one of the biggest differences between coaching players today compared to when you first started out? Um, well, I think the, the, the pace of the game is, is way faster. Mm-hmm. The, kids are, the kids are more talented now. There's more kids that can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the, the, the travel concept mm. um, is pretty heavy. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's, you know, that, that's in there too. I think also the parents' involvement is different. I mean, back, you know, back then, you know, I would say when I first started, you know, it was, uh, you know, parents were interested, but now it's like, you know, um, everybody's involved. I mean, you know, the, the parents bring the siblings, the grandparents, neighbors. I mean, it's, it's really grown. The yeah. sport has grown. There's so much interest. I mean, 30 years ago, 
I think hockey wasn't uh, considered to be a mainstream sport. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't baseball. It wasn't basketball. It wasn't football. Sure. It was kind of like one of the, the side sports, you know. Now it's like the biggest. You know, it's it's big. It's as big as any. It's almost any of the sports now. I mean, obviously, football is always going to be high school king, and basketball is huge. You know that, and baseball, but hockey's you know has really made an impression. Like I said, I mean, we'd get people coming to the games thirty years ago, but not like now. Yeah. I would you know, it's like it's like you know, it's like it's like you know, it's like a, it's like a you know big event in town. You know, back then, and also too, um, there weren't a lot of rinks around. The, the game, the games, and the practices were extremely late because that's the only time you get the ice. Now, with more rinks being open, you know, like we're playing. I mean, if it wasn't for COVID and we had a regular season, you know, our regular Tuesday night game would be at you know, at like you know, six o'clock, six thirty, sure. something like that, and. You know that that would be it, but now it's like you know, it, it was never like that thirty years ago. Sure. You know, it was never like that. But the get the level of play, the refereeing, you know, you didn't have a DJ when we first. Uh, I think we were one of the first teams to start with that because yep. I had had I own a college playing out of our rink at the time, mm-hmm. and they had a DJ. And I, I went to my AD and I said, "Hey, would you mind?" And he said, "No, it's fine. You want to do that? That's fine." We started doing it, and everybody started kind of catching up on it, and. You know, it creates a nice atmosphere and, you know, makes people want to come. So I think, you know, those are the biggest changes in my mind. And that's one of the reasons, quite honestly, why I decided to do this show, because I started showing up at the rinks, getting to know the players, especially, you know, again, you know, I work in Suffern. So I got to meet some of those state championship players very early on when they were coming into middle school in sixth grade and then to see them you know, win it all. That's why I said, you know, I got to do something to try to capture the energy and the excitement surrounding the sport. So that's why I decided to give this a go. Hey, if there was one rule you could change or something you could add to the game, what would that be? Hmm. (laughs) One rule. Or one change, maybe something that maybe used to be a part of it and was taken out or something you've always thought, hey, maybe we should add this and change it up a bit. Um, that's a, that's, you know, you, you, you know, that's a pretty tricky question. <laughs> that's a pretty tricky question. Well, um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, do you think we should make, the, we, to, should, we should, should we go back to longer periods, longer penalties? No. Oh, oh, that part. No. You know what? Now that I think of it, I'm not a big fan of a shootout. Mm. Um, and that's not because, and that's not because we lost one to Greeley a couple of years ago. Right. Um, I just, I just don't understand how you can play five on five for three periods in high school and then play four overtime periods, five on five. Right. And then you're going to turn around and let it be decided by three guys in it in a one-on-one shootout against the goaltender. I think they should just, you know, just let it go. It, somebody's going to score it. Eventually it's going to end. But I just think that it, it, it kind of like, I don't know. I just, it's just not my thing. I don't know if it's because I'm an old school thinker. I don't know. That, no. But that, that would be my, my big change uh, for high school. Yeah, no. I, you know, that would be my big change. I, I, I think 17-minute periods, I think 17-minute periods would be fine. Okay. Um, because I think the more you can play, the better. Yeah. I no, I agree with your sentiments on the on the shootout again. You know, if you've got a full squad, 
and you're and just keep playing until somebody scores. You know, don't let it don't right. let it, don't let it turn into a skills competition or you know something of that something to that effect. Right. Um, 100%. Most embarrassing on ice moment as a coach, if you have one, one that might come to mind. Mm. <laughs> I would say. Like I'm, I'm very honest with myself and there's a lot of times when a referee will make a call um, and I'm the first guy to say, I'm not, I'm not like Johnny on the spot with some of that stuff. And sometimes, you know, I'm like questioning the referee about something and then he'll say to me, explain it to me. And I'll go, oh man, I'm sorry. What the hell's wrong with me? You know, like sometimes you get wrapped up in the game and sure. then the guy blows a whistle and you miss part of it because you, you know, because we do a lot of coaching on our bench. Like when a guy comes back from a shift, we see something, we'll say, Hey, you know, maybe this, maybe that. And then all of a sudden the whistle blows and the ref is making a call. I'm like what's that for? Right. And, and, and then, and then I'll ask my assistant, did you see it? And then like, wait, wait a minute. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, coach, I got it. I'll be like, Oh man, I'm sorry. Those are probably the most embarrassing ones, but I have to tell a ref, Hey, you know, I blew it. I, I should keep my mouth shut. I don't know. You know, so th- those are the, those are those are pretty embarrassing for me, anyway. All right, I've got two more for you. How does uh, how does Ed Witts relax and unwind after a game? Um, believe it or not, um, I'm pretty good. I don't. Um, you know, I you know, as soon as the game is over, you know, I I I, I pretty much. You know, it is what it is. I, I want to congratulate, you know, if we lost, I uh, want to congratulate the winner. And if we won, I want to, you know, talk to the other coach, say, hey, you know, great game and commiserate a little bit and talk. But for the most part, you know, I just go home, I get something to eat and, uh, you know, hang out with the family and just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really get too wrapped up. I'm not one of those guys that uh, that loses it or gets upset or carries it. I've never been that way. Yeah. But, um you know, I mean, I also think too. Um, you know, you got to put every everything into perspective. You know, I mean, we've had some really tough losses. I mean, it's like any coach. I mean, I mean, the ultimate was when we were up in that state semifinal against Williamsville East, and one of their and we were in fourth overtime, and one of their guys hit the crossbar, and the puck hit the crossbar, and went into the corner, and they called it a goal, <laughs> and we ended up losing. Mm. And we lost a chance to go to the state finals. That was so blatant. Yeah, a bad, it was such a blatant bad call. It was all over News Twelve and everything. We couldn't do anything about it. But sure. you know, even even then, like you know, we're driving home on the bus. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we got we got screwed. But you know, my my attitude has always been like, you know, we had four periods. We had four periods basically to win that game, and mm-hmm. we we let it sit there. So you know, sometimes you know you got to look. You sometimes you got to make it like, listen, I'm responsible for what happens to me. And if, and if you know what I mean, I try to instill that. And I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of went off on a tangent. No, that's all right. No, I I don't really get too, I really don't get too like, uh, you know, of course I want to win up as competitive as anybody. Sure. I wouldn't be doing it this long, but I really, I, you know, I really, if if we lose a tough one, I I really want to get right to the video and see, you know, what could we have done different? And if we won, I'll do the same thing Mm because I want to see, you know, because just because you win doesn't mean you play great, you know? Absolutely. All right. Uh, last question for you. And I've asked you this before. If Ed Witts wasn't a hockey coach, he'd be a fill in the blank. Be a what? 
fill in the blank. In other words, like if Edwards oh, wasn't okay. a hockey coach, fill in the blank. What would Edwards be doing? Well, you know, you know what's funny? I was um, I coached a lot of baseball in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I coached at Rynek. I coached baseball at Mamaroneck. I coached baseball at Pelham. And I never, ever was able to get a varsity job because most of the times, you know, teachers are, are ahead of outside coaches, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I am. And I always felt that, I always felt that I was a pretty good baseball coach. Um, matter of fact, I think I probably, if you were to say to me, if I thought I was, if I, if, if I had more strength in baseball than in hockey, I would say, yeah, I think I do. Mm. Um, but I was never able to get a varsity baseball job. And I think if, if I wasn't the varsity coach and I was, took another career turn, I probably would have maybe thought about going into teaching and coaching baseball and, 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 and hockey, of course, but baseball, uh, was always one of my first loves. And I did a lot of coaching up in the Maranek. I worked for Shap. I worked for Jerry Fiore over at, uh, Rynek. I worked for Joe Del Vecchio here in Pelham, you know, JV and modified, but JV mostly. But I really enjoyed baseball. I did a lot of club baseball, um, you know, in Mamaroneck and Larchmont, and you know, I had a lot of fun. I have to say, I know that you're a big baseball fan because I follow you on Twitter, and you're constantly retweeting, especially a lot of the old-time games and uh, some of the old-time yeah, players. So yeah, I, I'm a psycho with baseball. It's like my, I love baseball. I always, I always played. I always loved it. But, you know, it is what it is. I love hockey too, but yeah, baseball, I love baseball. Nothing better than, you know, going down to the ballpark on a nice day and sitting out in the sun watching, but it is what it is. I've been fortunate enough to have uh, the legendary coach from Pelham Memorial High School on my show. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure, and I wish you and the Pelicans nothing but the best of luck this season. I'm bummed that I won't be uh, calling the game and, and playing the tunes, but we have to be yeah. safe. And, uh, you know, I hope that everybody can get back uh, back at it uh, the following season. But I will certainly be following on Live Barn and on Twitter. And I know I'll stay in touch with you. And I'm going to have some of your kids on as well. So that'll be a nice treat, too. Perfect. And I want to just wish uh, all of your listeners and all of our players from all the sections and all the state uh, good luck. Um, enjoy it. It goes by fast, especially you seniors. You know, make the most of it. And um, God bless everyone. Stay healthy and safe. And, uh, you know, we'll be in touch. We'll see you on the ice. And thanks again for, uh, for having us on and the kids on and, and, uh, and giving, you know, giving the kids some, uh, some time on your show. Really appreciate it. It's great. Thank uh, you so much. My pleasure, Ed. It's been a blast. This is your boy, Trav, and you're listening to HV Pucks. I hope you enjoyed that episode uh, featuring head coach Ed Witts of the Pelham Pelicans. This is your boy, Trav, and you can find me on Twitter at TravJax71 and on Instagram at UR underscore BOY underscore Trav. HV Pucks is available for free on Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Take care.